0: This is Restart Hope with Pastor Joel Sikar on FM 94.1 The Voice. The title for this morning's message is The Problem with Paradise. Don't you think it's an apt title? Because we, in the past, how many of our years have been here on this earth, whether you like to realize it or not, uh, we've tried to build a paradise for ourselves. And I think we're walking through a time right now which illustrates the problem with the paradise that we built and the book of Ecclesiastes is a perfect book for us to uh, to go through in a time like this. So while we go through tough times um, we, we still see that while people are trying to take care of their own health, violence still continues selfishness is still there on the rise, fear and hate still continues, and none of that has really changed. And it can make us as believers, or those of us that are seeking for some sort of meaning and purpose in this life, in God, wonder, what's the point in all of this? What's the point in us going through this whole thing? What's the point in us trying to come together and have church? What's the point if the whole world is just stuck in this rut of deceit and sin? What's the point in all of this? Um, Solomon, the author of... um, the book of Ecclesiastes there were a few verses that we didn't get to last week let's look at this this is what he says he says I observed this Ecclesiastes 1 verse 14 I observed everything going on under the sun if it's your own bible well it should be your own bible otherwise get your own but in your bible you might want to underline everything in Ecclesiastes 1 verse 14 if you're joining us with church and you don't have your bible I'm giving you 5 seconds go grab a bible Okay? now I'm kidding I will come home and find you. No, I observed everything going on under the sun. And really, um, he says, it's all meaningless. If you remember that word last week, uh, we looked at this word meaningless. This is from the New Living Translation. I'll jump to ESV in just a bit. But that's the word vanity, habel. It's, It's vapor. I observed everything under the sun, man. Every single pleasure that a man can think of. It was all meaningless. It was chasing the wind. I gave you a picture for that last week. It's like trying to catch wind with a fishing net. Even better analogy, try to catch wind in your hand and uh, it's going to be gone. It was all habel. It was meaningless. And then he says, verse 15, what's wrong cannot be made right. Some of your translations say what's twisted or crooked cannot be made straight. And what's missing um, cannot be recovered. He's saying that there are some problems in life that you just cannot solve. And there are some wrongs that you can never right. Many of us can say amen to that, right? And then he says, I said to myself, look, I'm wiser than any of the kings who ruled in Jerusalem before me. I have greater wisdom and knowledge than any of them. And so I set out to learn everything from wisdom to madness and folly. And what's his conclusion? He says, but I learned firsthand that pursuing all this is like chasing the wind. And then he says, the greater my wisdom, the greater my grief. To increase knowledge only increases sorrow we're going to be looking at how does Solomon come to this conclusion and we're going to see the paradise that he builds for himself with hopes of finding purpose and meaning in the struggles of life to to diminish the pain and suffering in this world. And we're going to see that the paradise that he builds has a problem and hopefully God will hold a mirror before you and me and show the paradise that we're trying to build and the problems that's there with this because there's a problem with the paradise that we built for ourselves. Um, We are in this boat right now or your home, quarantined and you're probably trying to create find ways to be entertained find ways to stay sane, find ways to still find purpose and meaning in this life and there's one thing that we will never find here on this life, in the temporary things, we will never find eternal joy we're all in search for this paradise on earth, but with temporary things we're never going to find eternal joy, Um, so number one that we see in the start of chapter 2 that Solomon begins with, he says the pursuit of paradise is meaningless. Our pursuits to find paradise is meaningless. You see, this should be really encouraging while we are in this quarantine time because you can feel like, okay, now listen to me, you can feel like, hey, I see so many people online and it looks like they're having a great time, right? In fact, when we look at the guy that had one of the best lives ever, Ever on earth that a hedonist can have, he didn't really enjoy life as much. What you see on social media, many times, is not real and not reality. This is how Blaise Pascal, the 16th century uh, theologian, philosopher, thinker. This is what he says. He says all men seek happiness. This is without exception. No matter who you are out there, no matter how old you are, no matter what race, no matter what country, no matter how rich, no matter how poor every single person without exception is trying to find happiness and meaning in this life and he says all men seek happiness this is without exception whatever different means they employ whatever ways they try to find it he says they all tend to this end and the cause of some going to war and of others avoiding it is the same desire to both that is to be happy this is the motive of every action everybody is looking for some sort of relief some sort of joy and to create and to build a paradise for themselves. Solomon, he chases paradise, and he tries to build paradise brick by brick here on this earth. The first brick is pleasure. Turn with me to Ecclesiastes chapter 2, and we'll pick up from verse 1. It says, Ecclesiastes 2 verse 1, I said in my heart, Come now, I will test you with pleasure. Enjoy yourself. But behold, this also was vanity. Remember the word meaningless, habel pleasure, he says, I'm going to, and, and you're going to see the pleasure that he tries. He puts his hand on the plow of pleasure and does not look back. And he says, even this was vanity. I'm sure many of you guys, um, if you think back in your childhood, okay, you're like, man, when you are a kid, you dreamt of, if only I could have that, I'll be the happiest guy on earth. And now you have it. And it's probably sitting and rotting in your garage, right? It didn't really bring you pleasure or joy. He goes from pleasure to to maybe laughter, maybe comedy will bring me some sort of relief and bring meaning and, and diminish and suppress the pain in this life. And verse 2 he says, I said, Of laughter, it's mad, and of pleasure, what uses it? I like how the New Living Translation puts it. He says, Laughter is silly. What good does it do to seek pleasure? You see, laughter can suppress real pain, but it cannot overcome it. And I know for a fact, me, many times when I'm going through hard times, man, Netflix always has these comedy specials, right? And, uh, and after a while, man, laughter and jokes, temporarily, it's like it gives you something to think about and laugh about, but it can never overcome the real struggle of what we face in this life. So Solomon, he goes from pleasure, he goes to comedy, to the next best thing that a man can lay his hands on. No, we're not getting to women just yet. He first goes to the bottle. Okay, he goes to alcohol. Sorry, that was probably bad, right? Verse 3, he says, I search with my heart how to cheer my body with wine, my heart still guiding me with wisdom, and how to lay hold on folly till I might see what was good for the children of man to do under heaven during the few days of their life. Folks, while we go through this time of quarantine, you probably feel like, hey man, maybe I should just get wasted, right? Because honestly, sometimes it looks like the drunk that is staggering down the road, has more joy than the stiff-necked Christian that wears a suit and has his hair combed. Just saying, man. Sometimes it looks like that guy has more of a genuine smile than, uh, hello, brother, how are you? God bless you, kind of a guy, you know? And Solomon's like, maybe that's what it is. Maybe the drunk has the answer to the real purpose and and pleasure and paradise here on this earth. And so he takes the bottle and he doesn't just become a drunk that's, you know, falling in the gutter. He does both kinds. He wears the, the tuxedo with the champagne and he's the guy that's drinking you know, whiskey by the gallon in a plastic bottle, you know. And and he says that even this, um, you know, didn't really bring him purpose and meaning in life. Side note, um, wine, the Bible talks a lot about it. Um, it says in some parts of the Bible, it says, man, enjoy your wine. And some places it says that, you know what, wine is a snare. It's not good. Um, the Bible is not against it and neither is it for drunkenness. Just saying, okay, in this time of quarantine, quite possible that you're tempted to chug a few and go to sleep god doesn't like drunkenness okay but he goes from pleasure to comedy to being a drunk and he says you know what being a drunk doesn't cut it to maybe hard work will do that this is the american dream right work hard you could do and be anything you want to be and that's something i love about america it's a land of opportunity where people can come you work hard and you can be successful and solomon is the first guy to try the american dream in israel how cool is that you didn't know that did you well now you do so hard work and with his hard work he builds gardens he builds cities look at verse 4 he says i made great works i built houses he not only built his own house which took him about i think 14 years he also had 700 wives that's right we'll get to that and he builds houses even for them so he invested a lot of time money energy and creativity in building houses he planted vineyards for himself and he made gardens and parks that if you read second chronicles chapter 8 he built entire cities And then it says, and planted in them all kinds of fruit trees. If it's your Bible, again, underline that all kind of fruit trees because this is where I'm getting our main title for this message the problem with paradise what solomon is trying to do he's trying to recreate eden he's trying to recreate paradise that mankind was kicked out of because of what because of rebellious sin when he when mankind thought that he could live life his way and not god's way he got kicked out of the paradise that god created for him and now solomon is trying to recreate paradise with all kinds of fruit trees let me let me give you scripture for that genesis chapter 1 verse 11 then god said Let the land sprout with vegetation. This is not Solomon building a garden. This is God, the creator of heaven and earth, building the garden of Eden for mankind. Let the land sprout with vegetation. Every sort of seed-bearing plant. In other words, all kinds of fruit trees. Every sort of seed-bearing plant and trees that grow seed-bearing fruit. These seeds will then produce the kinds of plants and trees from which they came. And this is what happened. The land produced vegetation. All sorts of seed-bearing plants and trees with seed-bearing fruit. Their seeds produce plants and trees of the same kind. And God saw that it was good. And Solomon now is trying to create a paradise so he can sit back and say, That is good. You know what? In case you lost track of where we are, every single one of us were in search of trying to create a paradise. And maybe you have tried pleasure. Maybe you've tried comedy. Maybe you've tried alcohol, maybe you're right now trying hard work. Maybe you're not building gardens, but maybe you're trying to have the best lawn, you know the best vegetable garden. Maybe you're not trying to build cities, but you're trying to build companies and be the best CEO and uh, be the the youngest CEO that can retire uh, with with a you know a huge bank balance, whatever it is. All this hard work um, still doesn't cut it for Solomon. What's better than hard work? It's getting others to work hard for you. And that's what Solomon tries next, the life of ease. Verse 7 says, I bought male and female servants and had slaves who were born in my house. He says, I also had great possessions of herds and flocks more than any who had been here in Jerusalem. You see, Solomon's hard work, man, you need to get this. This is not a frat boy who's getting wasted on the weekends writing this book. This is a guy who's been extremely, extremely, extremely successful. Do you get it? He's extremely successful. He's one of the richest kings who's ever lived. He's the richest guy in the known world. His fame without social media has spread around the world. And whatever he's doing... He's putting wisdom and thought into it, and it is succeeding. It succeeded so much the cities and the gardens that he built that he's able to get all sorts of servants and slaves for him. And these are not just guys um, who have no other choice but to be a slave. These slaves would have been the best in their business. It's kind of like, imagine having, um, what's, that, what's that girl's name? Uh, uh, Joanna Gaines. right? My wife loves Joanna Gaines, and I forget her husband's name, Chip, or something like that. right? Imagine having her as your housemaid. Right, she's tearing on a freaking wall, giving it the open concept, shiplap everywhere, in the white every white person's dream house. Right, and then you get bored of all the maid work they're doing and uh, that she's doing, and you know keeping your house all pretty. And you go to the kitchen, and guess who's your chef? Gordon Ramsay. That's right. You're willing to put up with all this cussing and abusive language because the filet mignon is to kill for. Right. I mean, that's the kind of servants you have. And then to take out of your yard, it's um, Hank Hill from King of the Hill. If you've not watched, you got to watch it. But I'm just trying to paint a picture for you of what, imagine life with the best of the best of the best at your beck and call within your house, your palace to do the task for you. So Solomon's worked hard. He's been so successful that he's able to get anybody to come and to be his slave. Okay. The best food, the best wine, the best clothes, uh, the best houses, the best gardens. Everything is the best. All this for what? To try to build his paradise here on this earth. When that doesn't cut it, he tries to fall back on money and entertainment, which sadly, a lot of us, we read stuff like this and we still think that you know what? I have something that Solomon did not have, and if I had all his money and if I had all his entertainment, I would come out differently. I would have a different. But it's not, not really true because see what he says. He says I also gathered for myself silver and gold, and the treasuries of kings and provinces. For, don't forget, Solomon never waged war. Okay, but other countries paid taxes to him because of how successful he was. They were like, man, we want to align with you. We want to do business with you, and so. He had gold and silver and treasuries of kings and provinces. You know how rich Solomon was? That's all the time we have for today. But we would like to hear from you. Our address is P.O. Box 2014 Eagle, Idaho, 83616. You can also listen to this message and more on the Living Church Boise app, available in your app store.